Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino in Blackhawk giving away a large model RC 104 Starfighter. If you don't want it, they're going to give you nearly $28,000 in cash instead. The Starfighter, a remote control jet. Got to see this to believe it. Grand prize drawing March 26th and 27th. While you're up there, you can play the really loose slots. Uh, enjoy their sports book. Terrific menu as well. You know what? We're going to send you up there if you want to go. First four callers are going to get $50 in slot play. First four callers, $50 in slot play each for the first four callers. 303-831-1340. 303-831-1340. If you've won in the past, you are not eligible to win again. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, Mesa, major moves from the Broncos today. I'm not surprised that uh, day two there would be moves made. I wasn't overly surprised nothing was done day one, but the Broncos have agreed to terms with Cowboys defensive end Randy Gregory. Uh, he had a deal in place to return to Dallas and he decided at the last minute, you know what? I'm not going to come back. Reportedly, he wasn't crazy about some of the language in the agreement. And I'm guessing, according to reports, some of the language he wasn't crazy about had to do with the fact that he had been suspended multiple times for failing uh, a marijuana test. In 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020. So he certainly has shown a history, although really in the last two years, you could make the case, uh, he has been doing well, or maybe the last 18 months. With that, he's a terrifically good player. And his numbers aren't higher because he hasn't played a lot, if we're being completely honest. I mean, he has missed more games because of suspension than he has because of injury. He has first five years, by the way, he only played in 28 of a possible 80 regular season. He games. has missed more games because of suspension than he has actually played in games. So the eternal optimist would say, well, he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires. Hmm. Self-inflicted wounds though. Well, an addiction, it's a disease. And yes. I, I mean, I don't think this is a, I, I, this is not choices. This is a condition that he's dealing with. Yep. And he's been clean for a couple of years, but it's something that, uh, you know, that, you know, that he'll have to continue dealing with if he's, if he is to play out this contract, if he, if, and if he is to live up to what the Broncos hope for, for him in this contract, how big of a risk do you think this is? We talked about it at the top of the last hour. If somebody is on a diet, you don't take them into a bakery. And when you come to Colorado, you see a Starbucks, a pot shop, a Starbucks, a pot shop, Wendy's pot shop, good times, pot shop, right? Electronics dealer, pot shop. They're all over the place. How big of a risk is this for George Payton, knowing this guy has really struggled with this addiction and now he is coming to a state where you can walk into any store 
and buy whenever you want to, as opposed to being in Texas, where you can only use pot for uh, medical purposes. And in his case, he's got to, you know, do one of those texts, you know, late at night, or he's got to text his guy to, to get him his stash. What if I told you there were almost as many pot shops in the city of Denver alone as there are Starbucks in the entire state? That would not surprise me one bit. Yeah. There are 208 Starbucks in Colorado. Right. There are 200 pot shops in the city of Denver alone. As I said to you, yeah. I hope he has kicked his habit, but here's the deal. And again, I said it in the last hour, but I'll repeat it. When you're looking for a place to live and you're battling alcoholism, you don't take the apartment above the liquor store. Maybe he feels like uh, the support system they'll have will allow him to. He will have a support avoid, system here. His, his agent, Peter Schaefer, is here, which is great. He's married. No. Got, he's got a family. He'll have the How long has he been married? That I don't know. I well, just know he's married with a daughter. Okay. Or with well, a child. Well, here's the thing. I'm, if he's been married for three years, he had these problems with a family. True. Because remember, he was suspended in 2020. But he's, we are barely yeah. into 2022. Yeah, he's two, he's two years clean and sober. And I think that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a high-risk mm -hmm. proposition bringing him in. But when you look at the number, two years, $28 million, that's not that bad. That's 19th among edge rushers in terms of average per year value, $14 right. million a year. Yep. And you're talking about somebody who was in the top 10 in... Uh, Combined sacks plus uh, plus hits relative to number of pass rush snaps, and in the top twelve among edge rushers in terms of total pressures generated. Let's move so on. That's I, honestly, if you didn't have like if you didn't have the substance abuse issues in the past, you'd look at this contract and say this is actually pretty fair value for what the Broncos are getting. It is, but there's all, there's also a lot of risk, as you and I have talked about. What's more important, ability or availability? And this guy was not available, essentially, for five full years. So I don't care. It's like saying to me, um, we're getting the most talented quarterback on the market, but basically for five years, how many mm -hmm. games did he play? 28 of the first 80 possible That doesn't games. do you any good. If a guy's guy sitting on the couch, I don't care how talented he is, then he's the most set, talented guy in the room sitting on the couch. doesn't do you any good. I hope he has kicked what he has done. I hope he has recovered. I hope he's doing well. But it's a risk for George Payton, because I'll tell you right now, if for some reason he relapses, he's going to make George Payton, and I'm not using this word loosely, so you make sure you hear me correctly. If he re relapses, he has just made George Payton look like a fool, and George Payton has no one to blame but himself. And George Payton has made great moves. And as somebody on the phone said to me today, who has intimate knowledge of what goes on at Dove Valley, well, you should cut George Payton a lot of slack for all the great moves that he's made. I told you three months ago I was all in on George Payton. I think he makes great decisions. This one is risky and questionable. If it works out, he's a genius. If it doesn't work out, then he just made the John Elway move, which was bringing in a pair of right tackles that we both knew had problems. Who was the guy from the Raiders? General Watson. And that worked out real well. And who was the bozo after him? Well, the guy's name was, the player's name was Juwan James. Juwan James. And, and people still remember what happened with Elway. 
They brought in Russell Wilson. Good on George Payton. But George has set himself up for a Menelik Watson type of move. He's made a calculated risk. He sure has. And I you know hope what? it works he, out. He, Russell Wilson was a calculated risk because there was a lot of, of draft capital sacrifice. And we know George Payton values his draft picks. You're not. I think what we're seeing. No, here, that's not. Th- that's no, not a fair comparison. I th- no, but I think what we're for see- a future Hall of Fame no, quarterback. No, let me finish. What I think you're seeing here is that he's he's decided to kind of take some risks and maybe step out of what was perceived to be a comfort zone. Do you really see it honestly as a risk trading two firsts and two seconds for and three players and three? Well, please. Outside of Shelby, and I know you're more of a fan fan than I am. Than you have Locke, is it really knowing you you have you've desperately needed a quarterback for six years? Do you really believe it's that big big of a risk? What they gave up? It's not like they gave up three first round picks. But my point is this: knowing they desperately need a quarterback, they're bringing in a guy who's led his team to two Super Bowls. He puts up great numbers. He's a model citizen in society, and he's a future Hall of Famer. Is that really? It's a risk. But is it really that big of a risk? Honestly, mm. no, it's not. This is a risk. With they're Gregory, di- di- it's a risk. Different types, different degrees of risks. Yeah, one's huge, and the other one is not. But there's still risks. Yeah, I mean, the risk on Russell Wilson is that um, is that he doesn't get all the way back from the the finger injury that he had, and he's not what he was before. That's the risk. Do you really believe that's going to be the case? I don't think it will. I'm just saying no, nothing is risk-free. You know what's risk? You know, you know what a quarterback move, risky quarterback move is? Peyton Manning. Yeah, bring in a guy who has four next years. Yeah. That's a risk. That, that's riverboat gambler. That That is, you know what that is? Bringing in a Peyton Manning, the, the dealer has 18, you have 19, but you're hoping for a two, so you hit. But you that's have, a risk. But here's the thing: you have a that was you have man. a general manager who has said how much he values the draft, how much he treasures draft picks. Yep. And he was ultimately willing to sacrifice his top four draft picks mm-hmm. from the next two drafts, first and second rounders right. in each of those drafts, to get the most important position. Okay, filled. I'm going to settle this conversation right now. You tell me what's the bigger risk. Trading two first, two seconds, a fifth, and three players. What's a bigger risk? Doing that or taking a quarterback in this year's draft, hoping he's going to be a franchise guy? Do I? Do you even need to answer that question? Well, the other thing is also, I mean, it's not like those other picks wouldn't be used on players of value as well. Not what I ask. You desperately so, need a franchise I know, quarterback. I know what you're saying. I know, this year's draft, I, I know what's what a bigger saying, risk? But what's a bigger it, risk? You have that. You have the bigger risk of quarter at quarterback with a draft pick. That's true. But what would you get from the other three selections? That's what I'm saying. At the end for of the- somebody who is wired and his background is in college scouting, is wired to treasure draft picks, mm-hmm. says he always wants to have ten draft picks. He always right. wants to have a lot of darts to throw. Mm-hmm. It was how how do you do in compensatory picks? They didn't get any. I know. You know why? Why? Because they didn't really lose anybody of much value. You have to. To get compensatory picks, you have to lose players of value that you've developed, generally speaking, and then you don't, you're not bringing a bunch of re signings to compensate for that. The Broncos haven't drafted strong enough the last couple, the last few drafts to have many of those guys who will generate compensatory picks in return. Okay. I'll I'll make this real simple for you. You know, I like to do the one to 10 scale thing. Yeah, you love that. Okay. 
Russell Wilson, trade. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 being, are you out of your mind crazy? You're sitting at the black ta- jack table, you got a 20, and you're hoping for an ace. That's 10. And then 1 is no risk at all. What's the Russell Wilson trade? 3. Okay. What is the risk drafting a quarterback in this particular draft, believing he's going to be the next Russell Wilson for the next seven years? 8. And I rest my case, Your Honor. Coming up after the break, Nuggets 76ers last night. I want to talk about the game, but I saw some knucklehead on Twitter put something out there that I hope to God he was joking. Which knucklehead? Because, a lot he, of them. because he is he has a blue check mark and he's an NBA guy. He's a media guy. When you hear what this guy suggested, I'm thinking, you know what I said to him? He hasn't watched the Nuggets all year? I said, WTF is wrong with you. That's what I responded with. We'll talk about it next. Nickels and dimes, yours and mine. Did you cash in all your dreams? You don't dream for me, no. You don't dream for me, no. But I still feel you pulsing like sonar. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road. No one gives you more than Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. When you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they are going to install everything. And you know what? If you need some aftermarket, no problem. They will do that for you, too. They don't have to sell you something brand new like the big box stores. They can do something aftermarket, and they have over 90 years combined experience to make sure you get what you want. The owner, Jerry, is from Littleton. He has kept his business in Littleton. So if you need to upfit today, go with the place that is Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned, talking about Colorado Off-Road. Find them in Littleton or go to cooffroad.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Okay, Nuggets beat the 76ers last night. I saw somebody on Twitter say something that to me was so incredibly outrageous. I'm thinking, this guy cannot be serious. This guy has a blue check mark. And I'm thinking, you know what? You really need to be careful on the things that you say on Twitter if indeed uh, the people at Twitter consider you credible. So it had to do with the game last night. And uh, let me find the exactly what this guy wrote. Because I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Uh, hold on a second. Because Danny, you said to me, that this guy was probably joking. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm not a huge uh, follower of a lot of people on NBA Twitter outside of like Nuggets Twitter. Yeah, I mostly follow Nuggets Twitter. But from what it looked like to me, it seemed to be a very sarcastic remark. He, this guy, Tim McMahon from ESPN, was responding, according to you, Danny, to 
76ers fans who were suggesting that the Nuggets won the game because Jokic has a better supporting cast. Hmm. And I'm thinking, are you joking? So while I did respond to him, okay, while I did respond to him, I'll tell you, this goes for every Sixers fan who actually believes this. What I said, if the Nuggets have a better supporting cast without their second best player, Murray, and their third best player, MPJ, what does that say about the 76ers roster? Are you really comparing James Harden to Will Barton? Are you comparing Tobias Harris to Jeff Green? Seriously? WTF is wrong with you. So maybe Tim McMahon was joking, but if indeed he was responding to Philadelphia fans, I'll say to all Sixers fans, what the F is wrong with you? Oh, I mean, they're Jeez. they're Sixers fans. They're kind of delusional, I'd say. I got to tell you something. That is beyond the pale. That is beyond delusional. That is a loser's lament. You know what we do know? Yeah. That their general manager who came from the Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey, I was told by a basketball insider that Daryl Morey years ago referred to Tim Conley as a joke of a talent evaluator. Yeah. That he wasn't good at what he did. Well, I got news for you. The joke is on you, Daryl Morey, because with the roster that you have, if you can't beat the Nuggets shorthanded, their second and third best player, then you've put together a garbage team. At no home, matter how good Jokic is. At home, no less. Oh, goodness. I mean, great. was the Nuggets bench better than it has been pretty much the entire season? Yes. Last yeah, night it yeah, was. The, the bench has not been that good. But you're, yeah. you're telling me yeah. that a rookie Bones Highland outplayed the great James Harden? Well, apparently he did. Yeah. Right? Last night he did. Oh. So, let's talk about what you wanted to talk about. Because you mentioned this in the... Well, you said something interesting talking about yesterday how the game how the game would be perceived if Jokic and Embiid had certain stat lines, and you right. said something uh, for you know for Joel Embiid, I believe you said 40, forty and fifteen, forty and fifteen, right? And for Jokic, you said like twenty six, twenty six, fourteen and ten, right? Triple triple double, right? Right. Well, I mean, it came very close to that. Embiid had 34 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. And Jokic had 22 points, but 13 rebounds and 8 assists. Right. So very cool. He came very... Probably would probably would have... Uh, might have hit that triple-double mark if he had not sat out half the fourth quarter. But at that point... But he sat out because the bench was rolling... Bones was hot. Right. He didn't want to mess with that at that right. point. They were they were doing good things. Don't you know? Right. Don't screw it up. By the way, uh, good on Mike Malone for keeping some of his bench players, specifically Bones, in the game when he could have gone back to his Angel Michael Green too. Right. And um, I'm fascinated to see how he used this going forward because I think he might have lucked into something here. Yeah, Will Barton should be on the bench. Yeah. I think I think Jamichael Green and Bones Highland are better playing more than Will Barton. And they give you energy too. Yeah, they're 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 energy guys, um, especially Bones at this point. 
at the end of the day, almost played 31 minutes last night. I'll tell you what I learned watching the game last night. Mm -hmm. Number one, Embiid is not very good at getting his teammates involved like Jokic does. But number two, Jokic, Jokic got bottled up. I know he did a lot of, he had another triple double, but his point total and, you know, one of those points at the end of the game was a gift. But the point is... You mean the miraculous shot where he's off Well, he balance? went to the free throw line. Oh, I thought you were talking about... I thought, I thought you were point. talking about where he was just off balance. He just that was a great chucked shot. it up and it went in. But you know what? I will oh, give the you... one they didn't call a foul on Embiid on yeah. when he had five fouls? Right. I right. mean, the thing, but the thing right. is, part and Jokic of, was like, "What?" I'm surprised he didn't get a technical. But part of the value of Jokic is that when he, you know, when he is bottled up, when he is getting doubled, is that he can set other people up to succeed. Right. That's that's the thing. There's Jokic has more tools in his drawer than Embiid does. Right. So okay, it, you know that. The Sixers, they're doing everything they can to contain Jokic, but then to his, he, he identifies this and says, all right, this is going to be about me setting up other guys. I mean, it's not but just... But he's been doing that all season. Yeah, but it's not just the eight assists. I mean, you can... I mean, if you had... If if there was a stat for, like in hockey, where you can have two players assisting on a goal, you right. probably would have doubled... You probably would have at least doubled Jokic's assist count because a lot of... Because a lot of the... Because a lot of the, a lot of the Nuggets baskets were set up by him, like him with a pass and then another pass and then get the shot. Another observation. So Jokic, we, but we know this, makes all of his teammates better. That's one reason why they won the game and Bones Highland certainly was terrific. But the other thing was, if I'm being completely honest, when Jokic tries to go offensively against Embiid, he has trouble because Embiid is that good defensively. He, he was struggling to get shots, in my opinion, and he was struggling to get good shots. Because Embiid is that good, right? But that's that's why the ability to I agree adjust to being a distributor is part of why I think Jokic should have been the MVP going into the last night and should still be the MVP I'll coming you, out of it. I'll tell you what I found interesting about how Sports Center cut up their highlights. I think they showed one Embiid basket, mm -hmm. and they showed two Jokic passes. Both were dynamite. One was all the way across the floor, yeah. and the other one was a ridiculous bounce pass the, the, into the lane. Yeah, and then he had that, that, was that the one with the no look where he goes, he looks at, he looks off to the left and throws it down the middle? Yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a bounce pass into the lane. Yeah, it was, and then he had that terrific. ridiculous shot, in which I believe he shot it with his, he was falling away and just scooped it up with his left hand or something yeah. like that and, and, and nailed it. But they showed more Jokic highlights, which I was glad to see. Well, the Nuggets but, won. Right. Well... And it doesn't mean you're not going to show more Embiid. Right. They won and they came back. And a 19 point deficit. Yeah. And Jokic had a lot of the key plays in that. Like, if you looked at the, some of the highlights that, that they showed, you can see, because I, I saw, maybe I saw a different package, but I saw three or four assists in the highlight package that I saw from Jokic. And they're all from when they're trimming it. Like, one is at 19, and then one they're down 13, and then one they're down six. So, like, right. That was a huge part of how of of when they made the big cut into that lead was when Jokic was just making some ungodly passes. I I know that we live in a in a media world where we don't want to give credit to the other station, but I don't want to be that guy. I was listening to another station earlier today, Jay Williams, analyst for ESPN. He was asked the question about the MVP award, and he said, "I'll be honest with you." 
from what I've gathered, 60, this, these were his words, 60% of all voters don't even watch Nuggets games. Those are his words, not mine. That should tell you something. Who does Jay Williams favor for the MVP? I don't, I don't know if he gave his answer, but I think his line about 60% of... That sounds like he favors Jokic. He might. Like, he's seeing, like, they're, uh, they're not watching, because the implication when you say something like that is, they're not watching, but I am. Well, and, I know what I'm see- and I know well, what I'm seeing. Well, he says he watches a lot of Nuggets games because he does a lot of work in Denver. He does a lot of work with a rival radio station. Mm-hmm. So he says at, at 2.30, his words, 2.30 in the morning <laughs> when I'm going to work, because he has a radio show on ESPN Radio, mm-hmm. he says that when he's being driven to work, and that's just the way it is in New York, you're driven to work, you don't drive your own car, especially if you're at that level. Must be nice. He said he watches the Nuggets games on his phone when he's being driven into work. Mm-hmm. So he is able to talk Nuggets basketball because he knows he spends a lot of time in this Denver market. So the Nuggets won the game, and really, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Who won? Who won? And Jokic, even though you look at everyone's going crazy about Bones, and they should because he had the best game of his young career so far, Jokic did what an MVP does, and an MVP who has vers- as versatile a skill set he right. has. When one aspect of his game was bottled up, he found other ways to put, help push his team over the top. So, I mean, to me, if I look at the complete body of work in that game, if I said, okay, I got to, one of, one of these two is getting the vote, I would have gone for Jokic. Coming up after the break, a writer for the Green Bay Packers put up a very interesting tweet this morning. Clearly, uh, she has some serious recent memory bias or no knowledge of what has actually happened in football outside of the last 20 years. She said that Aaron Rodgers will retire as the greatest quarterback to only play for one team during his whole career. I think John Elway would like to have a word, along with Dan Marino and Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach and others. We'll talk about that next. Soften a bit until we all get along. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. By the way, I would like to congratulate the United States Senate for doing something incredibly, incredibly um, bipartisan that I believe everybody in the United States can agree with. They sent legislation to the House of Representatives to eliminate daylight savings time. Being an evening person, I agree with this. You're a morning person. This is going to. Why does that me. matter? It's going to affect you more than it affects me. Why? Because there are going to be uh, there are going to be a lot of days in the winter where the sun doesn't come in, uh, come up until after eight in the morning. Fine with me. Yeah, you know, in Williston, North Dakota. There will be a sunrise there at 9.44 a.m. in the wintertime. What's it going to be like in Alaska? That's a good point. Yeah. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. 
presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sdhmazda.com. Well, here's an example. In Anchorage, Alaska, the latest sunrise, if they keep daylight savings time, make it permanent, will be at 10.55 a.m. When's the sun go down? Four, four, uh, 4.45. All right. But yeah. Better than what they have. <laughs> right? All right. A writer for the Green Bay Packers put out a tweet this morning saying Aaron Rodgers will retire as the greatest quarterback to only ever play for one team. Rodgers signed an extension today. Fair to say he's going to be a Packer for life. To which I responded on Twitter, I think John Elway would like to have a word. With that, Dan Marino might like to have a word. How about Terry Bradshaw? Four Super Bowls. Roger Staubach, I believe a couple of Super Bowls. John Elway went to five and won two. Dan Marino is arguably, arguably, for as great as Aaron Rodgers is, I think not most, but there'd be more than a few people who truly know the game better than I do would argue Dan Marino is the greatest passer in NFL history. Now, it's hard to compare eras, and I understand that. But what would Elway or Marino or Bradshaw or Staubach with can't hit the quarterback, can't really touch the wide receivers, how would they benefit in today's NFL? And I know there are era-adjusted stats. They'd be electric, though. They would be. I mean, we can even go back to quarterbacks if we really want to go way back and talk about Sammy Baugh and Otto Graham as well as far as players who were just with one team. And listen, it's not to take anything away from Rodgers. His touchdown to interception ratio is nothing short of outrageously good. It's like in the neighborhood of like four, five, six to one. Right. It, it's, it is truly mind boggling how good he is and how mobile he is in all of those things. But if we're being completely fair, with all due respect to our friend Rod Smith, mm-hmm. is Rod Smith as good as Devontae Adams? Were the Marx brothers as good as Devontae Adams? No. No. I mean, no. Devontae, Devontae Adams is probably head of the Hall of Fame. That's right. Now, Aaron Rodgers certainly helped, but Devontae's done a lot himself. And that's his whole career. Pretty much that. his whole career. He's had one of the best wideouts out there. By the way, how how often has Aaron Rodgers led the league in, in passer rating over the course of his career? And I'm, I'm asking this because, and I, because I did mention the name Otto Graham, who led pro football in passer rating Five times in ten years, so we're not talking. And Aaron Rodgers has led it, has led the league four times in the last eleven years over the course and over the course of his career. So just you take that that, and we're measuring just against their era by saying who led the league. All of a sudden, Rodgers doesn't look so far ahead of the competition, historically speaking, for best quarterback with one. I'm going to take myself out of the conversation for this reason. Okay. And I'm going to ask you. Um, I have said many times, I do not bow to the altar of John Elway, but I understand his legendary status in town, and he has earned it all. Mm -hmm. He is the most important figure in Denver sports history. 
He is the, I'm sorry for saying this, I think Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Broncos, but I understand the importance of John Elway. If you put John Elway, and remember something, I watched John Elway growing up, and the reason why I say that is, I grew up in Chicago, the Chicago Bears played at noon. The late game was almost always seemed to be a game from the AFC West. It was Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson doing John Elway against the Raiders. John Elway against Dan Fouts. Elway was always on my television. I don't know if I ever told you this. When I moved here, Mm -hmm. I, I knew two names. Two names off the top of my head when I moved here in 2004 that were Broncos to me. John Elway. And Carl Mecklenburg. Hmm. Those are the guys I knew. Not, Those, Ter- the, not Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis was 1998. I said okay. growing up. Growing up. I'm talking about the 1980s. By the t- 1990 fair. hit, I was already in the business. I'm saying as a teenager. Yeah. Those were the guys I knew because they played in the 1980s. Yeah. I, I don't remember Sammy, Sammy Winder. Mark Jackson's a friend of mine like he is yours. Mecklenburg cut a very unique profile. And I can. Uh, right. When I was in. I mean, I was a few years behind you, but when I was eight, nine, ten years old, Carl Mecklenburg was one of those players. Yes. Who, again, kind of similar to you, like it would be the late in Virginia, the and the late game would come on, and it would be it would often be AFC West. But there's know. something else to consider here. Yeah. Okay. Neil Smith, Bruce Smith. Their last name is Smith. You got to be pretty memorable with the last name of Smith. Mecklenburg. It's not hard. Everybody remembers the names Mecklenburg, Gratishar, uh, let's see, Butkus, Nitschke. Those are names you remember. But I remember 77. When I first met Carl, that was the first thing I said to him. You're you're one of two guys I remember from those Broncos teams. So my question for you is this. Mm -hmm. If Elway competed in today's era, would he be similar, better, or maybe a little worse than Aaron Rodgers? He'd be right up there. Yeah. He'd be... Actually, I think he'd be a lot like Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping plays alive. Yeah. Buying time for his receivers. And I think I think Elway, and he was considered a quarterback who ran more than average back when he played. Right. I think Elway would run even more if he were playing today than he did back then. There's only one quarterback... In history, I believe to be more athletic than John Elway. Only one. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking arm strength, mobility, and I'm not talking about Randall Cunningham. I'm not talking about Warren Moon. Michael I'm not Vick. talking about friend. Nope. Who? Josh Allen. When you combine all of it. Arm strength, I was told by a friend of mine who's with the Bills that after games this year, he would stand at the 25-yard line and throw the ball out of the end zone. That's how strong his arm is. Yeah, I mean, Michael Vick has a very... And he's ha- impossible to bring Michael, down. Michael Vick had a, is, had an incredible arm, too. He sure did. The reason why I would I would name him just... And, and Josh sure, Allen's I, I, in the conversation. Fair. They're different kind of runners, but Michael Vick, was, Michael Vick was a runner who arguably was better than almost any running back of his day. I agree. I agree. A blend, uh, he was it, tremendous. He was, he was a poor man's Barry Sanders... In the open field. I remember watching him at Virginia Tech thinking, man, if he can translate this to the NFL, mm-hmm. wow. And he did at times. Yeah. I mean, you you were there at that game in 04 
That was a bludgeoning. When, yeah, that's one of the... I don't think I've seen for total quarterback performance... I don't think I've seen with my own eyes more dominant, more more than three or four games yeah. better than the one Michael Vick had that day in Denver. I remember and that game well. I th- and I think we all kind of left thinking, "Holy cow, this guy's it's it's not a matter of if but when he becomes an MVP." Right. And but as it turned out, that year was basically his apex. Right. Right. But that day, oh my goodness. The Broncos had absolutely no answer for him. That day, it was raining cats and dogs. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? Some big news for the Nuggets, and also the tournament is underway. The first game already going, and we've got some games for the Colorado Buffaloes and the Indiana Hoosiers tonight. We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. By the way, Mason, did you get an uh, email from the Broncos about a possible press conference tomorrow? Um, Not that I've checked. Why? Okay. Did you? I was just asking. Because uh, there, there was word that they would introduce Russell Wilson tomorrow. That's why I was asking. Yeah, I haven't gotten an email yet. Okay, just check. I mean, they would never contact me. I mean, you're 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 the big. Dog. Well, no, but you're I, the big dog it, in this. Room. It may be tomorrow. It may be Thursday. I think part of it depends on on the other on the other players they've acquired and just what they're maybe what even what they're doing tomorrow. Well, it becomes official tomorrow with everybody. Yes, right. But I can't imagine Russell Wilson is going to share the stage with anybody. Well, else. we know Russell Wilson's in town. Oh, I understand. He that. was over at Children's Hospital today. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, some breaking news. Jamal Murray will practice with the Nuggets G League affiliate tomorrow and likely Saturday, Harrison Wind is reporting, uh, and then he will return to Denver. The Nuggets are in the middle of a three-game road trip that ends Friday in Cleveland. Denver assigned Murray to the Grand Rapids today. So hopefully we'll be seeing uh, Jamal Murray sooner rather than later, but this looks like it lines up with everything that we had heard in the last couple months. So Jamal Murray progressing as expected. At the risk of trying to be hip like you young kids, Danny, you and Nolan, Jamal Murray ain't nothing but a G League. Rimshot? Oh, my crickets. gosh. Oh, Thank you. Wow. Sorry it was turned down because it was the breaking news, so I oh. hadn't turned it back ain't up Ain't nothing but a G. 
Fang Lang. Oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you? We're going to the club. K-O-U-B club. I really hope you didn't spend a lot of time working on that one. He, he, this was breaking news. I know. Spur of the this, moment. This should tell you how fast my brain works. The hamster in the wheel is working overtime. No kidding. Golly, golly. I'm By right. the way, Legion Hoops is reporting this right now. They have 534,000 followers. So clearly they are legit, yet they don't have a blue check mark. Okay. Yeah. Legion hoops. All right. They're reporting what? That that Jamal Murray ain't nothing but a G thing. Oh well. Right. I think I, Harrison Wind is one of my authorities on Nuggets. I always go to Harrison or Mike Singer. Who's Harrison? He's oh, been on the, the show. Has he? Never heard of him. Uh, just in case you missed it, Colorado hosting St. Bonaventure tonight in round one of the NIT. That game at nine o'clock on ESPN two. And Indiana versus Wyoming for the 12 seed in the NCAA tournament, 7-10 p.m. on True TV. Which team has the best chance to survive and advance? You know, I don't like I don't like uh, Wyoming having to go all the way out to Dayton and play this game. It's basically going to be a home game for your Indiana Hoosiers, Eric. Right. Not very far from Bloomington to Dayton. Right. Yeah. So, I I think I'm gonna go with CU playing a home game over Wyoming playing a quasi road game in the first four tonight. Right. And say CU has the better chance of advancing the next round. Okay, I have one dollar here. Okay. Not for you because you know the answer. This is for Danny or Nolan. Get your hands off your computer because I covered St. Bonaventure when I worked in Buffalo. Who is the greatest basketball player to ever come out of St. Bonaventure? A dollar here for you. One whole dollar. And he's in the Hall of Fame as an NBA player. He played for the Bonnies in o- o- Oneida. Is there Olina? Olean. Olean, yeah. I covered you. I feel like I can picture a player in a St. Bonaventure's uniform. But I can I picture a lot of players, I can't just not him. Face. Yeah, I no, he's an older player. I'll, I'll give, I'll give you a hint. Picture now, now, now it's down to fifty cents. Picture his feet. Okay, now it's down to fifty cents. It was a dollar. Now it's down to fifty cents. I'll give you his initials. B L. He's an old school player. He played for the Bonnies and led them to the Final Four during the nineteen seventies. Uh, Bill Lampier. Close. I tell you what, now it's down to 25 cents. His first name is Bob. Don't look it up. Are you looking this up? Bet's off. No, I wasn't looking it up. I was looking it up because Bill Lambier is what I meant. Yeah, well, it's not Bill and Lambier. It was, and I said Lampier, which Close. I don't think that's a person. It's Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier. Cool. Yeah. Do you remember that Final Four? That was 1970, I believe, right? Right around there? Am yeah. I right? Yep. Right that, around there. Because um, the 1970 Final Four didn't... Wasn't that, I mean... Artis Gilmore? Jacksonville University. Uh-huh. They had two seven-footers. They right. had him and Pembroke Burroughs. Right. And New Mexico State was the other Final Four team, okay. right? Okay, you're, you're a big NCAA <laughs> yeah. guy. But I'm, UCLA won it. Okay, okay. I'm gonna okay. A little NCAA tournament trivia here. Okay. I don't mean to hijack the. Do we have to get out of here real quick? No, we got plenty of time. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so with that, 1979 Final Four. Uh-huh. Everybody knows Larry Bird, Indiana State, Magic Johnson, 
Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Who were the two other teams? Most people get one of them for sure. They struggle with the other, but knowing you, Rain Man, you'll get it. The Blue Demons of DePaul. Correct. Ray Myers, only, only time Final he was in the sun. Yes. And the Quakers of the Very University of Pennsylvania. Done. I'm giving you a dollar. Thanks. Thanks. The Penn Quakers out of the Ivy League. Do you know who they uh, beat in the round of 32? Who? Number one seed, North Carolina in Raleigh. That was in back in the back in ACC country. That is called Black Sunday mm-hmm. because you had Duke playing yep. the second game against St. John's. Duke was a two seed. Right. Carolina was a one seed. Right. And both of them lost in back to back games. Okay. That day. Okay. One, one more piece when of trivia. Everyone thought they were going to be in the Elite Eight playing for the Final Four. Danny, you are going to love this question. Okay. NCAA trivia for you. Indiana's won a lot of national titles. They won one in 1976. Who did they beat in the final? Michigan. Who did they beat in the semifinal? Um, UCLA. Who did they beat on the road to a championship? Kentucky. North Carolina. 1981. Wait, wait, wait. They they, they didn't beat Carolina in 76. Sure. I'm sure they beat Carolina 81. They sure did. They sure did. Sure wasn't 76? I'm very positive that North Carolina did not lose to Kentucky in 76. I want to say they lost to Syracuse. Carolina lost to Syracuse, but I could be wrong. Okay, one more. I'm looking it up really quick. One more thing. Who? No, Carolina lost to Alabama. Okay, my bad. 1981. One more thing. What Indiana player shut down Michael Jordan... In the Sweet 16. In 1984? Yes. Dan Dockage. You got it. You got it. Yeah, Carolina lost to Syracuse in 75. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. and, and that was Indiana's 76. best team, by the way. Oh, in 76? 75 was their best team. Yeah, but 76 is yeah. the last unbeaten team yeah. in college basketball history. Uh, shout out to our listener, Jeremy, from Alaska. He says they're used to it in Alaska with all the time change and the uh, long days. And well, he said Jeremy. They're, they're used to it. He texted yeah. in on the uh, Go Fast Energy Drink hotline text line. Hey, thank you so much for uh, for for giving us a shout out from uh, the last. By the way, I had a fifty fifty shot on the seventy six semifinal because I knew Rutgers and UCLA were the other two teams in the final four, yeah. but I wasn't sure which one of them played IU, and so I just took right. a guess and said it was UCLA. You ever do an office pool? Are we? Are we? Can we go a little bit just for a second? You care? I guess At this technically point, we I think, can. Yeah. Well, we don't have to. But I was going to say, in, in 1987, when Indiana won a title, have you ever done an office pool? Not the actual brackets, but you have eight friends, and you pick eight names out of a hat. And whoever you get, you get. No. You, no, you've never done that? Nolan, have you? Have you ever done that? No. So you get eight guys together, each pick eight names out of a hat, and whoever you pick out, if you pick the winner, you pick the winner, right? Yeah. 1987, I happened to pick Syracuse. So I had a win-win that night. I was either going to win a lot of money, mm-hmm. Syracuse beat Indiana, but I'll take the Indiana win. That was not worth going into the next commercial break, I know. Nolan, Danny, great job today. Mace? You too. It was a pleasure. Congratulations you, on you. you. you no, you, no, no. I'm No, it's all yours. That all dollar right. is yours. All right. Fine. Make it the best possible money.